Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Well, hello there and welcome to the Newsmax Daily for Wednesday, January 10th, 2024. Already into double digits of the month. And how's that New Year's resolution going? Ten days in. Today is National Take the Stairs Day, which many doctors, fitness experts, and the National Lung Association endorse as a way for you to squeeze some cardio into your day. I believe National Take the Stairs Day is strategically placed in January when people are making a fresh attempt at getting more exercise and getting healthy in the new year. Today is also National Save the Eagles Day, and I'm not talking about the Philadelphia Eagles, who have lost five of their last six games heading into the playoffs, but the North American Bald Eagle, synonymous with the United States, of course, and freedom, and were on the endangered species list for decades until about 2007, thankfully. And on the food calendar, today is hashtag National Oysters Rockefeller Day, celebrating the very rich dish created in New Orleans, where many great rich dishes have been created. This one all the way back in 1889. And you should absolutely take the stairs if you're going to eat Oysters Rockefeller today. Topping the headlines on this super busy Wednesday, and where do we start, right? Well, let's start with the weather that has impacted millions of Americans and could impact millions more today. Several areas of the country were decimated by a winter storm that produced multiple tornadoes in the southeast and in North Carolina, resulting in several fatalities. More states are under severe weather watches and warnings again today. Uh, heavy snow in some areas, heavy rain in other areas, high winds, and the possibility of tornadoes again today, all affecting air travel as well. So heads up on that. Last night, former First Lady Melania Trump took to social media to announce the passing of her mother, Amalia Kanas, who had been ill for some time, as we know, was 77 years old. My condolences to the First Lady and the entire Trump family. And we're going to learn more today about the breaking news yesterday concerning the Georgia District Attorney Fannie Willis's alleged romantic relationship with attorney Nathan Wade who happens to be the prosecutor in the Donald Trump Georgia election interference case, who, by the way, has never prosecuted a case before because he's a defense attorney, but was brought in by his alleged girlfriend, Fannie Willis, and also had secret meetings with Fannie at the White House last year. Let's start with Governor Mike Huckabee on Wake Up America. Governor, thanks for joining us this morning. So what do you make of this news? How do you expect this to affect the Georgia prosecution? Well, given uh, how ridiculous this whole case is gone, I doubt it'll affect it at all. But it should affect it by having her disbarred and all the charges dropped. This is absurd to pay half a million dollars to apparently her boyfriend uh, so that they can go after Donald Trump. 
I, I can't imagine that any fair-minded judge would look at this case and say, yeah, this is all on the up and up. But given what uh, President Trump has been through in the legal system, where it's not about uh, what's right, what's wrong, what's legal, what's not legal, it's all about if it's Trump, let's go get him. If it's not Trump, heck, we don't care. Let Joe Biden, let Democrats do whatever they want. Not a problem. Uh, we'll look the other way. But this is a huge scandal, and I hope there's somebody fair-minded in Georgia that will go after it. Yeah, yeah. Governor, what a plot twist. So mm -hmm. this, this private attorney turned special prosecutor, his name is mm -hmm. Nathan Wade. He's been paid a little more than $650,000 so far in legal fees, authorized by Fannie Willis, his girlfriend, to go after Donald Trump. They've taken luxury five-star vacations together. And I think if you're a fair-minded judge and you look at that, this woman here, Fannie Willis, mm -hmm. of course she wants to keep the prosecution going because as long as her office is paying her boyfriend, they can continue to go on these <laughs> crazy vacations. Yeah. If you read the details here, like five-star, five-diamond, all-expenses-paid vacations and... The prosecution goes on and on, and he bills her office every single month. Must be nice. Yeah, what's really sad about this, I mean, it's one thing to say, okay, so she's got a sugar daddy, he's got a sugar mama, uh, let's just have some more sugar. But the sugar is being paid for by the taxpayers. That's what makes this so scandalous. This isn't just uh, private money that came from some hedge fund. This is money that came right out of the pockets of hardworking people in Georgia who thought that they were paying for a prosecutor to adequately, fairly, justly, and objectively prosecute crime. This is a political operative who has decided that she's going after Donald Trump doesn't matter whether Donald Trump has any real uh, culpability in Georgia. She just hates Donald Trump. So let's use the taxpayer money to do it. And while we're at it, why don't uh, maybe she and her boyfriend take some really expensive vacations? After all, the chumps of Georgia, those taxpayers, they're going to pay for it. Yeah. won't bother us a bit. Yeah, yeah Governor, elections so. have consequences. We say it yeah. all the time. But the people of Georgia, yeah. the good people of Georgia, mm -hmm. by the way, this is who they elected. This is your district attorney. Um, this is who they want yeah. representing mm -hmm. them. And she, you're right, not only should she be disbarred, but she should lose her job over this egregious yeah. conflict of interest. And any fair-minded judge should toss the case based on that fact alone. We'll see what happens. Rob Finnerty with Governor Mike Huckabee on Wake Up America. Meanwhile, former President Donald Trump appeared inside a Washington, D.C. court on Tuesday with his attorney, John Sauer, for a special hearing in the election interference case brought against him by special counsel Jack Smith. The official acts are immune, period. Team Trump arguing that a former president can only be prosecuted if he was first convicted at a Senate impeachment trial. And this is attorney James Pierce with special counsel Jack Smith's office. I mean, what kind of world are we living in if, as I understood my friend on the other side to say here, a president orders his SEAL team to assassinate a political rival and resigns, for example, before an impeachment? Not a criminal act. There were no cameras in the courtroom, but Newsmax national correspondent Logan Raddick was in the courtroom. Special counsel Jack Smith has brought criminal charges against Trump, including conspiracy to defraud the United States, but noticeably no charges of insurrection. Now, if you recall back in December, special counsel Smith asked the Supreme Court to quickly rule on the issue. The court declined the case, handing it to the federal appeals court here in D.C. That's what Trump's legal team urged the Supreme Court to do. 
Judge Tanya Chutkin uh, had already rejected Trump's argument, refusing to dismiss the indictment, which is why he was appealing his immunity claim today. And former President Trump calls the charges in this case a persecution of a political opponent. Judge Karen Henderson, she's the only Republican appointed judge on the panel. She told Trump and his attorneys, quote, I think it's paradoxical to say that his constitutional duty to take care that the laws be faithfully executed allows him to violate criminal law. Now, Trump's attorney, John Sauer, argued that, quote, if a president has to look over his shoulder every time he makes a controversial decision, that inevitably dampens the power of the president. Now, there's no deadline for this three-judge panel to come down with their ruling. They're expected to rule rather quickly uh, with Trump running for president and also with a March 4th trial date looming. Now, if Trump wins this appeal, the federal case against him may unravel. But if he loses the appeal, he will likely appeal to the Supreme Court. That's Newsmax national correspondent Logan Raddick. Trump was in the courtroom with his attorney and not permitted to speak at the hearing. However, he did make a statement outside the courtroom after the hearing. Well, I want to thank you all. And we had a a very momentous day in terms of what was learned and what they've conceded. They conceded two major points that were they were right in doing it. I don't think they had much of a choice, but they're very, very big, very powerful points. And I think we're doing very well. I think it's very unfair when a opponent, a political opponent, is prosecuted by the DOJ, by Biden's DOJ. Uh, so they're losing in every poll. They're losing in almost every demographic. Uh, numbers came out today that are uh, really very mind-boggling if you happen to be Joe Biden, and I think they feel this is the way they're going to try and win, and that's not the way it goes. That'll be bedlam in the country. It's a very bad thing. It's a very bad precedent. As we said, it's the opening of a Pandora's box, and that's a very, that's a very sad thing that's happened with this whole situation. Uh, when they talk about uh, threat to democracy, that's your real threat to democracy. And I feel that as a president, you have to have immunity. Very simple. And if you don't, as an example, if uh, this case were lost on immunity and I did nothing wrong, absolutely nothing wrong, I'm working for the country. And here's constitutional law professor and attorney Alan Dershowitz on National Report. My read is that probably he will lose, um, but his lawyers have also asked for a stay and it's possible the stay will be granted. Uh, The government, uh, Jack Smith, has started with an argument that's far, far too broad and that will probably lose. That is, he said, uh, his opening statement basically suggested that a president's immunity does not extend beyond the time that he's in office. That is an absurd conclusion. That would mean that even if a president did something within his presidency, um, uh, but then he's prosecuted after he leaves office, he can't invoke immunity. That would eviscerate immunity completely. Uh, Take, for example, it could apply to President Biden. Let's assume he leaves office, either is not elected or he leaves office after his second term, and then he's prosecuted for malpractice, maladministration, or doing something on the border. Um, uh, That he can't invoke immunity for that uh, just because he's no longer in office. That argument will be rejected either by the Court of Appeals or by the Supreme Court. But the core argument about immunity itself, I think he'll lose, I think Trump will lose in the Court of Appeals, but may very well win at least a limited victory 
in the United States Supreme Court. So this is a work in progress. Alan Dershowitz on Newsmax. So there you have it. That's where that stands for now. And Newsmax host Carl Higby spoke with Donald Trump Jr. So after speaking to your old man, which I'm sure you do, what's his feeling on this case and his ballot case going to the Supreme Court? Listen, uh, you know, we just got to fight all of them. The reason they've thrown so much at this is they understand it's all ridiculous, but they're hoping that if they can venue shop like they obviously can in Washington, D.C., in Fulton County, outside of Atlanta, you know, that they can get something to stick, whether it has any merit or not. Uh, The Democrats have shown that they don't care about the Constitution. They don't care about law. They don't care about rules or decorum. They will do anything they take, you know, they, they can to win. Uh, that's what they're doing. So, you know, I, I think the law is clearly on our side. I think logic and reason are clearly on our side. I just don't think that matters anymore mm-hmm. when you're dealing with these radical activists. Yeah. Uh, they've shown that time and time again, Carl. So, you know, we feel confident that if we didn't live in a banana republic, everything would be great. But we got to keep fighting all of these battles. Yeah. Well, and, and one of the things that scares me most is their escalation. We've seen them go from, yeah. you know, zero to absolutely insane. But some journalists were actually, the you know, the, the people who are supposed to be the moral arbiters of truth and reason. They were caught on a hot mic appearing yeah. to talk about an assassination attempt on your father. Listen to this. I mean, if he's driving, we've got a good shot. Yeah, if he's driving with the front window open. Yeah. Or if it's a convertible. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't thinking about that. Yeah. Like if he just pulls up like, like JFK. A yeah. It's like a JFK, a Lincoln. <laughs> no, Maybe someone just like they told JFK, you know what you should do? You should take a convertible. <laughs> it's so nice out here. Um, Don, at Secret Service, please invest. I mean, seriously. Well, listen, journalism in our country is dead. It has been for a while. Uh, You know, they are simply regime propagandists. Uh, They'll be replaced by AI soon enough. But imagine what will happen. Uh, What would happen? You know, if that was you, uh, someone else from conservative, uh, you know, news talking about, you know, Michelle Obama or Barack Obama and hoping that that happened. You know, they, it would be an outrage cycle for three weeks. Yeah. But you know what? If it's Donald Trump, if it's a Republican, you know, they're expendable. We don't care. They're, I mean, they're saying these things out loud now. That's what they're hoping for. Like everything else that they do, everything else we've been talking about over the last couple of minutes, mm-hmm. it's projection. They would do these things. Yeah. It's the reason they're going so lunatic and ballistic over Trump. They fear that Donald Trump is going to act like they would act. Weird. If they were back in power, noble uh, concept. They feel like he will go after and do the things and break the rules. He won't, but and that's what they would do because they're actually doing it, Carl. They're yeah. showing us that each and every day, uh, yeah. and, and I think that's just important for Americans to note as we go into you know Iowa caucuses. We got to vote like our republic depends on it because it does. They will do anything they can to destroy it. Donald Trump's just in the way of them doing it to you, the average American citizen. Hundred percent. Donald Trump Jr. with Carl Higby, host of Frontline, 5 o'clock Eastern on Newsmax. I do have some new presidential polling that I want to share with you in a moment. But first, I also want to squeeze in some commentary from Chris Salcedo. It's been a little bit since we featured Chris in the podcast. This is a discussion about President Biden's political speech, political speech at the Charleston, South Carolina church back on Tuesday. According to that little thing we call the law... On the IRS website, no less, there's a ban on political campaign activity by charities and churches. 
It was created by Congress more than a half century ago, yet <laughs> there's Joe Biden doing what Democrats have been doing for decades, politicking inside of churches. When conservatives show up in churches or conservative values are preached from the pulpit, well, Democrats lose their ever-loving minds, threatening the tax-exempt status for churches that commit the sin of saying the GOP aligns with their God-centered Christian values. But Joe Biden, leader of the lawless leftist party, he and other Democrats can hold full-on political rallies inside of a church. No Republican pipes up to hold him accountable. No threats of removing tax-exempt status from a corrupt IRS, a fully funded corrupt IRS. By the left-wing standards, their fellow Marxists committed an insurrection in California. Did you hear about it? Bunch of Jew haters descended on the California state capitol recently. Left-wing insurrectionists occupied the state assembly, causing disruption during the legislative session there. But unlike the January 6 rioters in Washington, these individuals faced no arrests despite their actions. Why? Because these rioters have political alignment with the Democrat Party. This isn't unlike another riot last year. When left-wing Democrats led by Rashida M.F. Tlaib stormed the U.S. Capitol, illegally taking over sections of the building in support of the Palestinians' terrorist-controlled government, Hamas. Did these Democrats have their due process rights violated? Did these Biden voters get thrown into solitary confinement? Did these leftists get equal treatment under the law as compared to the exact kind of riot undertaken on January 6th? No. The FBI and national law enforcement have made no press conferences detailing how they are doggedly pursuing those left-wingers who undertook the riot, nor have they pursued those who may have planned the riot in stark contrast to how our unfair, unjust, and unworthy government has treated those with the slimmest of association with that small band of lawbreakers on January 6th. Has the GOP insisted on equal treatment? No, not in any meaningful way. The J6 political prisoners continue to endure punishment that does not fit their crime, while Democrats suffer no punishment befitting their actual crimes. That's Chris Salcedo, host of The Chris Salcedo Show, 2 o'clock Eastern on Newsmax. Check it out. As far as the political polling I mentioned, two weeks ahead of the New Hampshire primary, first in the nation, Nikki Haley's numbers are surging, according to the latest CNN University of New Hampshire poll. Donald Trump still holds a commanding 39 percentage point lead. This is in New Hampshire, but Haley is now at 32%. Not only has she surpassed DeSantis, but DeSantis only received 5% of the vote. Even former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie beat DeSantis at 12%. Who are the 12% that are representing or uh, supporting, I should say, Chris Christie? And Vivek Ramaswamy polling at 8%. However, there was another poll. The USA Today Boston Globe Suffolk University poll, also released on Tuesday, had Trump at an astounding 46% in New Hampshire, compared to Haley's 27%, but that is still much higher than she had been polling previously. Christie also had 12% in that poll as well, and Ron DeSantis and Ramaswamy were in the single digits. Again, this is all in New Hampshire. Republican Congressman Greg Pence of Indiana, that is the brother of former Vice President Mike Pence, announced that he will not seek re-election this year to a fourth term. And at the White House today, President Biden is having lunch with Vice President Harris after the daily briefing. 
and after Vice President Harris had a scare on Air Force Two, which apparently had to be diverted to a D.C. airport due to wind shear, as I was talking about the severe weather impacting air travel around the nation. There is a White House press briefing happening with uh, Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre and NSC Coordinator of Strategic Communications John Kirby, who is facing a slew of questions about Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin, who we now know is being treated for prostate cancer, so we wish him well, and why the White House didn't know about it until most of us knew about it. Be sure to keep up with all the news all day, every day, right here on Newsmax. Thank you very much for listening to the Newsmax Daily. I'm Tony Marino. Appreciate it. Continue to share it with your friends and family and now available on YouTube. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday and keep on fighting the good fight. News breaks every minute, every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere.